Hi, it's the First Issue Club. Uh, the first episode of a brand new year. We've got our fresh faces on, fresh attitudes, not as grim and glum as we were in 2021. No, it's a new year. Yeah, exactly right. I have thrown out all of my 2021 underpants, and I have bought all of my 2022 underpants. I'm ready to go. This is crucial. Yeah. For every nerd, you don't know when to slow, throw away your underwear. You've got that elastic that's too stretchy and kind of coming off at the seams. Right. You bend over in your comic shop, show your ass crack a little bit. Too much. People are going to notice. That is my uh, my way to start off a good year tip for everyone. Buy new underpants. You're going to be thanking yourself. Gives you nice support. They feel nice on your skin. It's a good way to start the new year. It's like you've got a crisp bounce in your step it's your own little secret yeah. your own little support right your disgusting body hasn't ruined the fabric yet or stretched <laughs> out the elasticity it's true it is a good way to feel good about yourself yeah you're rocking it <laughs> if you gained a little weight too buy a size that fits you now right or just embrace it <laughs> i've embraced my girth yeah right and i've 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 learned to love myself in a way that i never thought possible Fantastic. I'm so glad for you. You're yeah. self-actualized. Yeah, I'm in the BBMs. Big beautiful males. <laughs> okay. <myself>. All right. <laughs> big beautiful me's. Yeah. <laughs> what, are we, what are we doing in this episode? This episode, we're probably going to catch up on comic book news, if any, mm-hmm. and then talk about Timeless out on Marvel, um, which was teased to have a lot of allusions to things to come mm. in the Marvel Universe over 2022. Yep. So a fun first issue for the first of the year. Yep. Uh, think of it like uh, that Marvel Legacy book that came out or, uh, you know, any of those like anthology books that come out that kind of tease what the year is. Right. So uh, we're going to cover that in a little bit later. But first, before we get into the episode, I want to talk about something that I brought up with you guys on the Discord. Okay. About Bad Idea and this <laughs> invisible comic book that they have. <laughs> yeah. We are on uh, the Bad Idea email chain, and every once in a while they spam us with some random bullshit, and <laughs> today's bullshit was this invisible comic book that they had made. Yeah. Uh, Robert Viandetti wrote it, and I allegedly someone drew it, but you can't see it because it's invisible, and it's slabbed, and there's only like five available, and you have to, in a, a typical Bad Idea fashion, you have to jump through hoops Beyond hoops to even want to think about owning this thing. Yeah, right. And uh, it just the the hijinks continue with this brand, this publisher. Yeah, right, of just doing dumb things for dumb amounts of money. Yeah, they, they do dumb things for just reasons that are funny to them. Yes. Like there were, if you got like the first book sold, in your comic book shop of a bad idea book, you got like a pin, uh-huh. like a, a a button you could wear, and if you mailed that button in with a money order, you get like, like this secret gift, uh-huh. and no one's gotten their secret gift yet. People have mailed in their buttons, so it's just like it's almost kind of like Willy Wonka esque, yeah, like the length that these people are going to. So, I mean, on one hand, there is that mystery and illusion, and on the other hand. It's just complete jackassery what's happening. Yeah, I guess I respect the thought process of making a mockery of the spec market mm-hmm. in in some sense. But 
they're also like creating their own. They're also fueling it in a weird way. So yeah. it's like the the commentary that I think you're trying to make is falling flat a little bit mm-hmm. by your entire business model. Yeah. Um, so I I still don't know what to make of them. As long as the comic books are good, I'll buy them. I read that Last Resort Mark Russell book. Oh, okay, yeah. That was like a 50-50 book with like a Matt Kent story that was mostly silent for the first half. Yeah. And it kicked ass. It yeah. was so good. And hey, there's a couple creators right there doing one comic book together. Sure. And I love them both. And the content was great. And if you can get your hands on it, mm-hmm. if you can find it anywhere, <laughs> yeah, then good for you. You should be able to pay cover price for it. I guess I'm not completely up in arms about it because, I mean, they make quality books. Right. We've read all of them so far, and there really hasn't been a stinker in the bunch. Yeah. They're kind of this new off-brand, you know, new way to do comic books. And I think they, they just tell the creators, do whatever... The hell you want, yeah, and that that that's kind of liberating for a creator. And I mean, they're not, you know, like comic skate books where they're just like misogynistic and racist and everything. They're just like quality comic books, yeah, just on a goofball publisher. Yeah, their model just tries to spoof the industry a little bit. Yeah, it seems it's I don't know, I don't know if it's like a meta thing they're trying to do or just it's like too self referential, uh-huh. but. It's falling flat for me. Yeah. And the no digital thing really irks me that they don't have their comics digitally. Yeah. Because you're just eliminating a whole market of potential new readers that just want to read the book. That's the thing. If it was about getting good content out to people yeah, and having people be able to access it, mm-hmm. release the shit digitally. Yeah. So this... And like they released an image of the... Invisible comic book, and it's this like uh, comic printed on like cellophane. Oh, is something actually printed on something? Yeah, so it's like a I just c- assumed it was like an empty slab. No, which would be hilarious. It's like an Emperor's New Clothing situation. Yeah, but it's like a comic with like clear. I don't know how you do it. Like really opaque ink on like cellophane clear material. Yeah. With real metal staples, so you can see the staples in the book, uh-huh. slabbed. And our friend Andy brought up a good point that he thinks it's even funnier that it's a 9.8 and not a 10. Yeah, right. <laughs> because- You can't even see it. Why is it a 9.8? That's really funny. So even CGC is just like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> is the corner bonked on right. this invisible I, thing? I, we can't say white pages because the pages aren't white, so that's why it's a 9.8, I guess. I would love to see the comments on it. I know I don't know if like that's the CGC comments or something you don't request, or if you just look up your serial number, you see the comments on them. Do you I know anything the, about that? The second one. Okay. I don't think you can request any yeah. comments put on there. Okay. Because uh, I know that people have like scanned in when you buy a CGC book on eBay, mm-hmm. and it'll be like why it got a nine point eight. It's like a buffed corner. Oh, cool. And then they yeah. show it. And you're like, you can kind of see if you wanted to crack it open, maybe you could get like a 9.8. They graded the book a 9.6 because of this corner. But yeah, it's, you know, I've got 9.8s that look like this. What who, what book would you go through the process to do that, though? 
like if you get a nine point six and they're like you could crack it if you want it and get it pressed and maybe get a nine point eight. Like there's plenty of books that I think are worth it. Really? Yeah. The, I mean the price difference of what people are willing to pay for like a nine point eight versus a nine point six is huge. So you think like a nine point six saga is worth pressing to get a nine point eight potentially. Let's use that as an example. Yeah, I think you're getting like a hundred dollars more for hmm. like a more recent book, maybe. Yeah. But if we're talking about like a Spider-Man 300. Yeah, right. Then you're talking about like another five, six hundred, seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely worth it if you think you could get it. Yeah. I know there, there's been a handful of people who've done that. I know that like PG, I don't, does PGX even grade anymore? I know that people are always like, I always get 9.8s from PGX. (laughs) They're really loose with the 9.8s. No one wants to buy them because you're like, you're paying a premium for something that CGC would have made a 9.4 or 9.6. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, grading. So fun. We said this year was going to be different and then we started it complaining about bad idea and grading. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're ending the year the same way we began it. What a bookend. (laughs) Exactly right. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> any uh, other comic news? You no, know, I can't really think of any. Um, just a lot of speculation for the Timeless comic book that we're going to cover. Okay. There's some cool stuff there. Um, everything is kind of on the outs. Like we said, we're recording this like the last day of December. So no new, new no news has been dropped yet. Uh, Marvel is teasing like a Marvel... The X-Men v. Eternals event potentially happening in 2022 in comic books. Yeah. Uh, that does nothing for me. I kind of agree. I think that's something that sounds like a lot of money for a big event that will have no repercussions. Right. Or it'll like completely erase everything that happened in 2022. Ugh. Like that happens at the end of the year. And we're we're covering it because we you know we will, and we'll be like, oh cool, everything fun that happened in 2022 is now just gone. Marvel's gonna keep really trying to make Eternals happen, and I, there's not gonna be an audience for it still. I agree. I agree. I think um, since they beefed it so hard with the Inhumans movie that never got made. Uh, well, I guess TV show, I should say. Yep. The TV show got made. They got one season. The TV show was awful. Yeah, it was just the worst. Yeah. And so they're trying to put maybe more eggs in Eternal's basket because they, I don't know, you think they'll revisit Inhumans in the TV movie universe at some point? 100% I yeah. do. Uh, I think the they plan those things like 10 years out now. Oh, for sure. And so by making a movie, this is the risk they have, which they haven't really encountered yet, is that when you release a flop, it's probably integral to your plan moving forward for the next, like, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So they've got to do something with those characters at some point. Unfortunately, people just didn't resonate with that movie. I thought it was fine. I thought it was an okay action movie, big sci-fi fantasy. Mm -hmm. I. I enjoyed Eternals more than most people. I think if Eternals gets a sequel, we will get a different director. Not because the first one did bad. Yeah. It's just that the Marvel audience doesn't want that particular dish of comic book movie. 
Yeah. Because it was kind of a more artistic view of the superhero action sequence. Right. And they want their predictable three Spider-Men and a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was too good. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was cinema. Yeah, it was. And we wanted an action flick. You went and saw a film yeah. when they want to see a movie. All <laughs> right. So uh, I think we'll get, if we do get a sequel of Eternals, which I'm surprised it hasn't been announced because Shang-Chi got the sequel announced. Immediately. Like, like almost a month or maybe like even like a couple of weeks after the movie dropped. Yeah. We, so We might see a thing where like um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or 4. Yeah. Is like a spiritual eternal sequel where a lot of those characters are like interloping with the others. I can see that. Because they're, well, I'll avoid spoilers. We'll the movie's been out for how long? Yeah, that's true, but still. Okay. If In any case, what they'll probably do is maybe give those eternal characters a little more brevity. Uh-huh. And make them a little more, I don't know, relatable. They didn't seem too unrelatable to me yeah. in the first movie, but- I mean, it's, it sounds bad to say this, but they probably need to dumb it down a little bit. Sure. <laughs> so you're, you know, Johnny Come Lately will yeah. enjoy. More jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's happening. Uh, a new Batman trailer dropped, which looks sick. With I haven't seen it. Robert Patz. Yeah. And uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Uh, it looks really, really good. I was shocked. About how excited I was after I watched it. All right, awesome. I so, was I was nervous about the first trailer mm-hmm. because there's just too much stuff in it. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, it still does look like a fat calf just uh-huh. ready to go to slaughter. But I'm pretty cautious stepping into this one. But I mean, honestly, so does Spider Man. Spider Man looked like a stuffed pig. Yeah, you're right. So, but at uh, least the things that they brought up in it were yeah things we had context for already. Yeah, hopefully they pull it off. Um. Other than that, nothing really new. Uh-huh. Uh, all the indies have been kind of quiet until 2022 drops, and we get to see all their new stuff. Uh, I think everyone's just enjoying the holiday season. December's always a slow month for comics. Yep. Uh, uh, unless you're Marvel and you want to put out one last banger of a book, <laughs> which is timeless. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Jed McKay wrote this. He's been writing the Kang book, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, and like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it was teased that this book was going to show you a little bit of what's to come or what may come. Um, so we got teased several things mid book. Right. Um, I'll say that the book wasn't as focused on those teasers as I thought it was going to be, or maybe the press for the book led us to believe. I, it was like two or three pages of like quick little hits. Yeah, flashes of like things that might come to pass. Yeah, and so like the main book was about Kang uh, finding this writer who wrote a book about Doctor Doom yeah. being the superior villain. Mm-hmm. And Kang's just like, no, 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 no. Come with me. I'll show you who the superior yeah. villain I is. I enjoyed your book, but you're going to rewrite it. Right. <laughs> and so they go through time and he basically demonstrates how superior he is yeah. to any villain that exists. Right. And then uh, they, they go through their time capers and they find out uh, the timeline, a pirate timeline is trying to merge with the main timeline. Hilarity ensues. Uh, they run into 
the real villain of the Marvel Universe, Reed Richards. Of course. Which we've said a million times over. Reed yeah. Richards is the ultimate villain. Uh, he and he's in the he's responsible for the pirate timeline. The dialogue in that scene was great. It was so awesome. <laughs> I don't know why they just don't lean in hard. I mean, we have the maker, yeah, for and he's like the uh, ultimate version mm-hmm. of Reed Richards. Uh, I don't know why they just don't finally do it in the main six one six. Reed going crazy, yeah, and basically just, becoming Doom two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doom to uh, uh, Electric Boogaloo, Diamond Eyes. I think the whole thing is that as long as he's got Sue yeah. to ground him, he'll that be okay. That is true. That and, is true. Uh, there's going to have to be a storyline where he like loses Sue for something like that to happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in any case, this book told like more of like a narrative, and it was fun, and it definitely makes you like excited if you enjoyed the Loki. MCU show, yeah, because it does do stuff with Kang that feels a little familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot sometimes Kang stuff can be really abstract and confusing. Yeah, and in this they were very literal to like the timeline that he was in, and you kind of got guided and your hand held through as they jumped through different timelines and why they were going to those different timelines. It didn't feel as abstract and difficult as a lot of conqueror appearances no and that's just an applaud to jed mckay for really yeah slam dunking this thing like he has been he's been writing for marvel for a while he did the taskmaster book is that right that sounds right yeah um and so he's he's well versed with these marvel characters and he's been doing the kang book um do we want to get into like the quick little hits of stuff that uh showed up in the future timeline things that may happen in 2022 for Marvel? Yeah, let's talk about them. Okay, so we have in the first picture Doyle du, du, uh, Dumarmu, Jesus Christ. Dormammu. Fighting his dad. Yep. Dormammu uh, with the, oh, I forget the name of the blade. I didn't even know the sword had a name. Yeah, the something blade. And so that is probably from Strange Academy because that was Doyle's first appearance. Yep. So we'll probably get something happening in the Strange Academy book. Twilight Sword. The Twilight Sword. There it is. Um, so I thought he already killed his dad I, in that storyline. You know, I think something along those lines happened. Okay. Maybe he just kicked his dad's ass. Yeah, because there was a... Oh, wait. No, I think in the Avengers book, they're in like an alternate timeline right now. Yeah. Where like there's there is like a kid Dormammu. Yep. But it's not Doyle. Okay. So it's it's kind of like this is where it's going to get a little messy in oh, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one was um, Spider-Man in Hollywood. Ben Riley. So, and it's the Ben Riley Spider-Man. You can tell because the spider on his chest is moved a little over. And like all over. To his body. left. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a much larger spider. So at some point, um, Peter's coming back. Peter's coming back. New York's not big enough for the both of them. Mm-hmm. Things are, I don't know if things fall apart with the Beyond Corp or what, but he's probably going to get his own book on the other side of the country. Um, does that make sense for the Spider-Man universe? Yeah, I uh, think so. 100%, it, yeah. It doesn't make sense to have the two of them so close together. Um, 
Is it a long-standing book that people are going to be interested in? No, I don't think so. Is it intended to be? Probably not. Probably not. I'll say that I had a lot of fun when they did this with Superior Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and Doc Ock was still living in some sort of cloned version of Peter Parker's body. Right. And uh, was trying to be West Coast Spider-Man. Like, that book was fun. Sure. And part of why it was fun was just the shenanigans of Doc Ock being like, trying to figure out being a superhero. (laughs) Trapped in a teenage body. (laughs) This book isn't going to have that. It's just going to be like, a kind of like Peter Parker being... In another part of the country. so And we should say, we don't know what creators are attached to what book. And we don't know if these things are going to, like, stick or not. Right. They, they, they f- pose it as, like, all of these are things that may come to pass, but I'm assuming everything they're showing is at, at a minimum going to be a one-shot yeah. where something happens and then gets undone by, like, a time cop or something the only thing that i can see staying longer is the new iron fist situation okay, that's the third panel the iron fist reforged for a new hand yes that was teased back a couple months ago mm-hmm. that we are getting a new iron fist in february uh no word on the writer or artist um, we don't know who that character is. is we don't that even correct? know who the character is either you can't really tell from this drawing i'll say like the forearm doesn't look massive or super muscular. Sure. So it could be a woman. Which Colleen Wing Colleen would be Wing. fantastic. And I you know, I've been we had a take a while back about how it'd be great for the MCU to bring Colleen Wing mm-hmm. in as the MCU's Iron Fist. Sure. I've since seen you know, a handful of other people online being like, bring Colleen Wing back. Now that we're bringing, yeah. you know, some of the other characters from uh, outside things, if you watched, I don't want to give away spoilers or anything, but, um, you know, there's some intermixing with different storylines now. Did so you know that why that... not bring Colleen Wing into the fold? Totally. Well, she was actually offered a role in Shang-Chi, and she turned it down. Really? Because she thought maybe there was an opportunity for Colleen Wing to come oh, back in the MCU. Cool. So smart on her for maybe thinking that out, potentially. I mean, she may not come in, so yeah. she may have hedged her bets wrong, but still, <laughs> pretty cool. Um, So that's exciting. I'm, out of the three things we've looked at so far, that's the one I'm most excited for. Yeah. Um, Okay, then we have, while another hand is driven by a new lord on a mission of punishment. And then... Do you know who that is? Well, it looks like a version of the Punisher. It is Frank Castle. That's Frank Castle it's in that picture? Jason Aaron's writing the new Punisher book, and, and the, he's working with the hand. And the Punisher joins the hand, because he's like with a bunch of ninjas. Yeah. His And they changed uh, his logo. His logo looks all like evil and squid-like, but it's still a skeleton. Yeah. Um, okay. This book will be interesting, because uh, Jason Aaron released a statement of like why he wanted to do the Punisher and how, uh, I mean, he acknowledged that the Punisher logo has been kind of co-opted by groups that have kind of abused uh, the character and like what he stands for and what Frank Castle is. So he's ex- he's excited to get back in there and kind of put some respect on Frank's name. Well, that's cool. Change the logo, change the dynamic of the character. That's maybe a good way to handle it moving forward. Yeah. Okay. All right, the moon cracked in a great reckoning. 
We just have a picture of the moon exploding on two sides, so a projectile going all the way through the moon. Yeah, I read a uh, a theory that I think the X-Men have a base on the moon currently. Yeah, they do. And so there's the summers some... live on the moon. Yeah, so like they they're saying that there's something happening with the X-Men with the there. X-Men. And then I think we get the Orcus flag. It looks like the Orcus logo or a flag. Yeah. And so that's from House of X number 1, which mm. is like all of the <laughs> um uh groups like Shield and uh Aim and all of them Sword. Sword merging in together to uh not really control the mutants but just like have a way to combat them in case they get out of line. They were making the mother mold uh around the sun. Those organizations didn't have anything to do with building the mother mold. Is that what you're suggesting? Orcus built that. Orcus did. Yeah. Yeah. So they, to combat. Right, that's what I said. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're they're not really good guys. They're just like Oh, hey, they're definitely bad guys. They're just like making sure they have a weapon against the mutants for when they uh, quote unquote eventually turn on humanity. Right. So, uh they're any political party you can imagine <laughs> essentially. <laughs> All right, we've got uh Bucky kicking Captain America's ass. Well, and the funny thing is you don't see either of their faces. No. So that is a pretty clear indication to me that either it's like an else world thing. Yeah, or either one's not Bucky or one's not Cap. Uh-huh. Like something and are they in their old uniforms? Yes, they are. Okay. So ultimately something weird's going on there. Mm-hmm. This could be a book that happened in the past when they weren't friends. Yeah. Or they weren't on the team together. Sure. So that's uh, the thing with Kang that you could just have endless timelines and exactly, deal with all kinds of that stuff. Exactly. All right. A young generation of Avengers rise. Do you recognize anyone in that picture? I uh, know one is Kate Bishop. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I and couldn't so, tell from that. Yeah. So we are definitely getting a new young Avengers book. Uh huh. Um, and that's something I would entire, if it's successful, I yes. would think would be ongoing. Or right. the intention would be at least like 12 issues. And it, it is interesting because uh, it was announced earlier this year that Kevin Feige was taking more of an interest in Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Which means he kind of wants... He, he more sees, parallels. Exactly. This, this, this is a way for him to drum up... Uh, excitement. Excitement and buzz about potential new movies or TV shows. Yep. So Young Adventures makes... 100% sense of why he's doing that. Right. Uh, we have all these young actors already showing up in these MCU TV movies. He wants to get, you know, more buzz, 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 buzz. So that's great. Um, the next panel was like, bad guy Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> we had like Taskmaster dressed like Captain America. Captain America along with other villains surrounding him. Yep. Uh, so I don't know what's going on there. That could be like a take on the Thunderbolts uh-huh. masking as the Avengers. Right. Totally. Uh, um, either way, uh, kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the story's going to be. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on who writes it. Yeah. It, these, <laughs> uh, You know, that's 100% accurate. Yeah. It really depends on who helms these books on it, it, and whether or not they'll succeed or yeah. not. Are they going to be fun or tedious or... Right. Epic or wordy meandering. Um, a new god takes their throne. So I saw that 
this is in reference to Tony Stark making a celestial suit for himself. Oh, okay. So in 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 a that sense, he does have the light in the center of his chest. Like he, a, he becomes like a god, a new god. Okay, or like a celestial, like yeah. an Iron Man celestial. New gods is DC. Is DC? Yeah. It's almost like they made a point of bolding new god. <laughs> And I was like, "You don't say." I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> huh. you know, like Eternals, like yeah. Jack Kirby, right?" So that, honestly, that one to me, I don't care about. Yeah, not a fan. Um, okay, and then we've got the the brave honor the sacrifices of those in their hearts, and then we have what looks like Mary Jane Watson mm-hmm. putting on the Spider Man uniform, right? And then with her is a woman in the Black Panther right. outfit. But it's white hair. But it's white hair, which made you believe it's Felicia Hardy. Or ooh. Or Storm? Uh, my first inclination was Storm. Uh-huh. And I was just like, well, that doesn't make sense because isn't Storm on the Quiet Council? Or yeah. does she leave the Quiet Council? No, she's still on the Quiet Council because she's like regent to Araco. Okay. And I also read that that's not Mary Jane. That's May Parker. That's their daughter. Okay, so this is like way other timeline. It could be. So okay. that could be T'Challa's child. Got it. As, With Storm. Oh, blammo. Circle gets the square. Yeah, that may be it. Totally. So that if you could don't be a know, fun... they were married in like previous comics. Yeah. Never had a kid or anything. The, yeah, but that in was an, discussed, yeah. But in an alternate timeline... Mary Jane and Peter have a kid, T'Challa yeah. and Storm have a kid. Yeah. And they're both superheroes kicking butt, which would make more sense because Mary Jane, how do you get her Spider-Man powers? Right. You don't. You don't. Um, without confusing a bunch of people. And then- Which Marvel's not above. And <laughs> and a heart once thought lost beats new. And then you've got a character with like a heart over their eye. Yeah. That is the Jack of Hearts. Okay. He's a character from the Fantastic Four realm. And he is in a new book that's coming out from the Fantastic Four called uh, Legacy War or something like that. Reck- the Reckoning Legacy, something Reckoning. I don't know. That's another one where I'm already like disinterested. Yeah. Fant- Fantastic Four is uh, really murky right now. Yeah. I think they're going to try to streamline it when that new movie comes out pretty soon. Yep. So uh could be a fun uh book. But uh, I think She-Hulk's in it as well. Oh, okay. Um, but She-Hulk's getting her own book coming out in 2022, which I'm super pumped about. I'm ready for it. Uh, okay, so those were the ones that they made a big to-do about. And then there were a couple fleeting quick ones on the yeah the next second. couple pages that um, seemed at the, at the same time major, but also throw away. So there's one of what looks like New York City... Covered in goop. And it's covered in like venom goop or... or, I think it's venom goop. Is it? Yeah. Because it doesn't quite look like Spider-Man web. It looks more like... That's definitely goop. You think it's venom goop? Okay. Yeah. Um, So that's probably a Donny Cates thing. So none of these get like narration anymore, really. Like the other ones kind of had like a line about what might, may or may not happen. Ravencroft, you just see like the logo. Mm Mm-hmm. Or the, like, gate to Ravencroft, which is, if you don't know, like, a Marvel 
super prison. It's like Arkham. Insane Asylum. Yeah, it's like Marvel's Arkham Asylum. Um, And then there is a Thanos with the Infinity Stones inside of Mjolnir. And like he's wearing a weird gauntlet on his other hand. Oh, yeah, he is. I didn't notice that. And I'm trying to pinpoint what that is. Uh-huh. I feel like I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, That, to me, seems like a what-if thing. Yeah. Because that just seems so wacky. Well, in the Thor timeline right now, Mjolnir's missing. We don't know who has it. Okay. So. See, I didn't know Mjolnir could be used as like an Infinity Gauntlet thing, but from what we're seeing... Well, here's the thing. The, like, dwarves forged Mjolnir. Ah, yeah. And they uh, didn't they also forge the gauntlet at Mm -hmm. some point? Yeah. So, kind of makes sense. Okay. All right, one last one. Um, Is a guy wearing, like, a Galactus-style helmet, but he's got, like, a goatee and a cape, kind of like... Oh, that's... Do you know who that is? That's Immortus. Immortus. I have that no is idea another that is. Uh, Kang throughout history. Oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I recognize this guy from a, from another book. Okay. So we've got to maybe kick some other Kang's asses. Yeah. Every once in a while, if there was like a big anniversary book for the Fantastic Four. <laughs> right. That kind of had a meeting of the Kangs in it. Yes. A few months ago. Yeah. And he was in that book. Um, and uh, what's his name? John Romita Jr. did the artwork for it, and everyone just looked like stick figures. <laughs> He's so funny. Some of, the, some of the old books he does, I'm like, man, he's definitely got a style mm-hmm. that has a certain flair that I really like. And then as he's gotten older, he's kind of just like, I think he t- he's like, I'll knock out a comic in a day. <laughs> and I'm going to do super quick, the quickest blue line pencils ever and just leave it up to someone else to ink it. Mm-hmm. And the people inking it are like, what do I do with this? Do I just draw it like squares for faces mm-hmm. or do I fill it in with what I think he would have done? Yeah. So he's he's an odd nut to crack as far as an artist now. But Well, him and uh, Frank Miller. Yeah. Frank, Frank Miller, has lost same his sort of touch. Thing. Yeah. It, but granted, they're both... Like legends, le- legendary. Frank's kind of a little crazy now, and he's really old. So I'm yeah. not really trying to knock his legacy, but it kind of explains some things of why his art looks a little uh, not like it should. Yeah, I don't know how old John Romita Jr. is. JRJR. Uh, JR, I, I bet he's in his 50s or 60s. Yeah. That somewhere around right. there. Old enough to just kind of half ass it if you wanted to, mm-hmm. and people would be like, oh, this is great. Because he was doing Uncanny X-Men like 300 issues ago. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, that's where those dudes get those legendary statuses. Yeah. Of just like, like I made your favorite character, so yeah. shut the fuck up. Right. That's why Chris Claremont's always so grumpy. Uh-huh. He's like, don't talk to me about the new shit. Like, it's based off mine. Yeah, I where's, invented it. Where's your book? I'll sign it. Um, but the biggest thing about Timeless, at the end, we get a tease for Miracle Man. Yeah, the MM logo. Yeah, which that has been a thing. Marvel got the rights to Miracle Man like in 2016, uh-huh. 2014, around there somewhere, and they've been sitting on this ever since. Yeah, they've had like reissues of or reprints of old issues from Eclipse and um, 
Oh, I forgot the other one. But the the back history of Miracle Man has been just so fraught yeah. with, you know, buying and selling and uh, who has the rights to who, and it's just been a big mess. And it's finally revealed that he's going to be in Marvel Comics now, and he's his first premiere is going to be in 2022. It's cool. And people, people on the internet have lost their goddamn minds. About I wasn't it. expecting it. I, I wasn't either. I didn't know Marvel acquired that or anything. I uh, and this is going to be a knock on me. I always thought Miracle Man was like a valiant character <laughs> because he looks like a valiant character. Sure, <laughs> which you know it would make sense because he was on he was on the Eclipse Eclipse publisher, which is kind of in the same realm as Valiant. They have yeah. their own superhero team and realm and all that kind of shit. But uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, he has had a Long history of great creators. He had Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman, uh, Jonathan Hickman, uh, Peter Milligan wrote for Miracle Man for a while. Uh. So I mean, he is a revered character. Marvel finally bringing him to the playground to play is kind of a big deal. Early speculation is that Al Ewing is writing the book. Okay, cool. So if that's true, and like. Going off like gangbusters. At a minimum, I bet Alex Ross is doing covers for this. It, yeah. You would think, For right? sure. I mean, you bring out a legacy character, you bring out a legacy creator. Yeah. And Alex Ross is just like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Except every other goddamn cover. <laughs> it just seems like his cup of tea. Like, he loves stuff like that. And I, yeah. He's written, like, forewords and stuff for... I, I, am, I would be curious to ask... James Tunyon, if he had if he had been approached about this, oh, would he have done it? Would he have done it, or had they asked him and he was like, oh, "I'm already doing my Substack thing," because this seems like a thing that James Tunyon would attach himself to and just really succeed at. Yeah, you, I don't you're know. grimacing. I don't know. Big statement, Greg. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I think it's. I, I think don't he's. See it. I think he's proven that he can write whatever the fuck he wants. I'm sure he can. He seems like a weird choice for this, though, in my opinion. But I think I, it would, I think he'd be the perfect choice. Who, who do you think would be a good choice for Miracle Man or I, Marvel Man? I guess now <laughs> Marvel Man. Oh God, if they rename him Marvel Man, um, I I think any of the people you already listed, yeah, would be fine. Jonathan Hickman. Coming back to do it seems to make sense. More graphs. Hooray. Wow. <laughs> graphs and charts, charts and graphs. I mean, the people said that he was going to get a Marvel book, and it was like we couldn't say what it was yet. So That is very true. Um, could be this. It could be that. It could be... I don't know. Do you think they'll handle the moon exploding and the Orcus thing in X-Men? Yeah. Main title? Probably. There's a big storyline with um, Sword and Orcus right now and different people on the inside and okay. yada yada. So, probably. I, I think Karen Gillan. Isn't Karen Gillan a little busy with Eternals right now? Yeah, it's one book. Well, we don't know if he's writing the V ver V X, A- Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternals book. Oh, okay. That could take up a lot of his time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could, I could see... To bring back Neil Gaiman would be huge. Right. I I don't care if they do or not. Uh-huh. Grant Morrison would be weird. Yep. 
that Grant would Morrison be, would do it. That would be, oh my God. Can you imagine how many books that would sell? He's a DC guy though. Is he an exclusive DC? Uh, no, but I mean, I can't think of the last thing he did that like. He wrote some X-Men. How long ago? Uh, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a minute. Yeah. What what better time to have him back? Uh-huh. He does like his own little indie things and then DC books every once in a while, I feel like. Yeah. Lately. Ooh, what about Brian K. Vaughn? Hmm? He wouldn't do it. Hmm? I, I think he's like not interested. Is he still... Uh, nah, he's still doing Saga and shit. Yeah. And then uh, Bendis is still DC. He's a DC guy through and through. Yeah, I don't know who they get. I, I'm really interested to see. I mean, I think previews comes out in a month for March and April. Yeah, sounds about right. Because January and February's previews are already out. Yep. And a week or so ago. none of this stuff has been showcased. Yeah. So still don't know who. It'd be interesting. We'll talk about it probably over on the Patreon and the Discord of who's doing what and if we agree. Because yeah. that's all that matters, our approval yeah, right. exactly. of who's on a book. Uh-huh. Before it even comes out. <laughs> it's called speculation, and it's what fuels the industry. <laughs> all right, that does it for this week's episode of First Issue Club. As always, we're fueled by Space Camper. We're blasting off into space! The most cosmic IPA in this universe. From Boulevard Brewing Company... We love it. Yeah. On this timeline or any other timeline, Space Camper IPA by Boulevard Brewing Company is the best beer, bar none. Bye.